Hello, everyone, and welcome to the First Love Ministries podcast. Within the next week or two, I'm not sure, Pete and I made another one of the videos where I get a chance to speak the text in a variety of ways, and he puts music and images. It's been a blast to get feedback from many of you, how much you've been enjoying those and being blessed by those, and we have fun making them, quite frankly. So we're just so glad that you're enjoying them. This one called The Apple of His Eye. What I did was to take a number of scriptures that talked about God's eyes on us and that we are the apple of his eye. Well, the interesting thing about this passage, in the Hebrew, literally, it has something to do with the pupil of the eye. It doesn't really help. It doesn't communicate anything to you. And finally, people landed on this idiom that we have in English, the apple of my eye. In American culture, at least, I'm not sure how many other English-speaking cultures, but in American culture, for something to be the apple of your eye, it had to do with this idea, and again, in the Hebrew sense of the focus of your pupil, that your pupil is fixated on it. It's what has your most focused look, concentration, but somewhere behind the whole idea is this idea of value, that you have a unique place, a special place, a top place, a first place, that when you would use that phrase, she or he or it is the apple of my eye, it was an idiom for highest value, greatest value. At other times, we've talked about treasured possession, the fact that a lot of us have many, many possessions, but when you put the word treasured beside it, that you are my treasured possession, not everything is treasured. Treasured, again, is another way of saying that I have a lot of things that belong to me and that, quite frankly, can even be valuable to me. But when I put the word treasured next to it, it puts it at the top. It says supreme value, highest value, greatest value. It's the same idea behind this idea of apple of my eye. In fact, one of the verses that I don't say is in Zechariah 2.8, where in just the midst of the Lord speaking through the prophet Zechariah, He actually says this little phrase, whoever touches you touches the apple of my eye. (laughs) And I thought about that, like my wife or my kids are the apple of my eye. And I thought, you touch one of them, you're touching the apple of my eye and you better touch it like you know that's what it is. You better touch it with a kind of care, with a kind of value, with a kind of respect because it's the apple of my eye. And that phrase, whoever touches you, touches the apple of my eye. And again, in the Hebrew context, especially in the Old Testament, so many of the verses were in the plural you, because he would most of the time talk to the people as a group. But in the same way, remember, when I say to my kids, I love you, I want every one of my five kids and now my two um, son-in-laws to say to themselves, Mark loves me that it applies to each one of you instead of going, well, I love you, Josh, I love you, Julia, I love you, Sharissa, I love you, etc. I just say, I love you guys. I want them to know that I love them and I want them to receive it personal. Well, again, the idea that the Lord says, whoever touches you touches the apple of my eye. I just love that thought of the Lord having the same mind and heart toward me, toward you, that I have toward my wife and my children, that you better recognize who Mark is to me, and you better respect that. Be careful how you touch him. 
Because when you touch him, you're touching the apple of my eye. Which then, the verse that I did begin with is Deuteronomy 32.10, where God says, I shield you. And again, this is the plural you, but now it's for all of us as God's people and to us specifically as his child. I shield you and care for you. I guard you as the apple of my eye. See, now you realize that this idea that something that is of supreme value to you, you treat it differently. You protect it with a kind of care. What an extra vigilance. (laughs) You don't want anything to happen to the apple of your eye. So when you're shielding it, you've put stuff around to protect it. You put... You make sure that car that you value so much is in the garage and protected or it's got something covering it to shield it. Um, You know, whatever it is, we shield and protect and guard things that we really, really care for with, again, a greater vigilance. And the same idea is that the Lord watches out for us and cares for us as the apple of his eye. I know that sometimes you think, yeah, but has he failed then? Because there's been times when I've been harmed when things have been difficult. I know that's confusing. The thing to understand, it's in actually one of the sessions of First Love to Love, session uh, six on how do we remain in his love when bad things happen. In the New Testament in particular, what the Lord prays for, especially in John 17 when Jesus is praying for us, that we would be protected from the evil one. Paul twice talks about that we know that we need to be protected from the evil one. That in the New Testament age, under the New Testament covenant, things will happen. We will experience, as Paul called our present existence, he called it the present evil age. And in the present evil age, Satan and people behaving sinfully, even sinful, foolish things we do or say, and even our surroundings, our environment, that storms, hurricanes, floods, earthquakes, etc., also can create harm. When the Lord said this to Israel as a group under the old covenant, he meant that he would protect them from their enemies. He would guard and shield them from certain diseases. He said, if you walked in my ways and kept my covenant overall as a group, I would shield you from disease. I would provide for you. I would bless your crops, your womb, the womb of your animals. And he said, I would protect you from war. I would protect you from enemies. You know, the idea, again, is that we think so individual and so personalized. But even within Israel, you know, the whole sacrificial system, people still had to go offer sacrifice for sin, that they still had to make restitution for sin. People still got hurt within the community regularly, and there was the sacrificial system set up to deal with that. So even in that sense, it's not like people of Israel didn't experience harm from one another and, again, harm from their surroundings and whatever else. It was a more communal, broader kind of protection and shielding that God was promising to the people. So how do we hear that one today when he says, I'll shield you and care for you and guard you? The reminder is is simply that he is always protecting us from the evil one. He is always there to strengthen, rescue, and guard and protect our faith. That in the present evil age and in the new covenant, again, Old Testament, New Testament, it would have been better if it said old covenant and new covenant. We are God's people under the new covenant. And under the new covenant, we recognize that the present evil age is still very present among us. But the Lord comes and he stands beside us and 
shields our faith, shields our heart, protects our soul, protects our mind, where the enemy's scheme is to try to throw all this garbage at us to cause us to doubt him and to quit on him and to quit on life, as you may have heard in the last sermon series. The point is, is that it doesn't change that we are the apple of his eye, that he shields us and guards us and cares for us. But we have to keep it in the context of that bigger picture, that in this present age, things are going to happen to us, but he is shielding us from the evil one. He is protecting us from his assault and his deception and his schemes and He's there to strengthen us and empower us. And quite frankly, sometimes he really does protect us. Or I know many times in my life things should have happened to me where clearly in a moment I could have been killed. And from my point of view, it was miraculous that he spared me. But I know lots of other believers who, again, died from disease or accidents or whatever. And that's the point. In this present age, evil's still around us. Evil still happens. It doesn't mean that God has failed us. It doesn't mean that God has not kept his word, kept his promise. It doesn't mean that somehow we've slipped out of being the apple of his eye. We are always, always, always the apple of his eye. Whoever touches us, touches the apple of his eye. And he does shield and guard and care in the spiritual sense, much more than the everyday sense. Please don't let the enemy undermine your faith and try to cause you to doubt the goodness of God, the care of God, the promise of God. Well, then it's in one of David's Psalms where David cries out to the Lord, Lord, would you keep me as the apple of your eye? So I hear from the Lord, I will always keep you as the apple of my eye. We are the apple. He shields, cares, and guards for us. And now he says, I will always keep you, always keep you. I love the fact that that means that When God says that, it's permanent, it's fixed, it'll never change. You'll never diminish in value. You'll never be used up or done with or discarded or be replaced by something. He says, I will always keep you as the apple of my eye. And then the next verse, 2 Chronicles, that's Psalm 17, 8. 2 Chronicles 16, 9, God says through a prophet, he says, my eyes range throughout the earth to strengthen the hearts of those who are fully committed to me. This is kind of a fascinating one, especially because this is about the life of King Asa. And Asa was a really good king for so much of his reign. And then toward the end, which seems to happen to so many of Israel's kings, he does something, though, that kind of in the natural, it doesn't seem like such a big deal that he's the king of Judah, the king of Israel is kind of coming and causing problems for him. And so he kind of does an end around Israel and goes north of Israel to another nation and says, Would you break your treaty and come against Israel for us so that they'll stop coming against us? And the long and the short of it, it works. But then this prophet comes to Asa and says, you blew it. The Lord says that my eyes are on those who are fully committed to me to strengthen you. You used to come to me. You used to ask me. In all your previous reign, I took care of you. I provided for you. I made a way out. You're the apple of my eye. And because of that, he said, because you didn't come to me, because you didn't seek me, because you didn't honor me, maybe God would have even said, this is the way I'll do it. I guess the thing I wanted to say to you this morning, because it really impacted me as I was thinking about it, it actually came out of a sermon series at church, but the fact that God really wants us 
to approach him knowing that we are the apple of his eye, that his eyes are always looking to love and bless and care and shield and help and assist those who need him. And he says, my eyes are on those to strengthen the hearts of those who are fully committed to me. And I guess it was just an encouragement to my own soul to just say, Lord, sometimes I just want to go do things in my own strength. And you really want this to be a partnership with you. You really want to be first. You really want me to come to you as the apple of your eye, trusting that you will care for me as the apple of your eye, provide for me, strengthen me, and how much you want us to come to you first, to ask you first, to trust you first, which kind of went into the next verse of Psalm 33:18, where Again, David writes that God's eyes are on those who fear him, on those who hope in his unfailing love. So you hear the Lord say, my eyes are on you who fear me, on you whose hope is in my unfailing love. God loves it when we respect, trust, honor, put our faith in him, our hope in him and his unfailing love. Oh, my friends, I feel like the Lord just keeps saying this to me over and over. I think it's why it's so hard for him when we are filled with fear and filled with anxiety. Because both fear and anxiety carry with it the thought that there's impending trouble, there's impending pain, there's impending doom. Well, if we're trusting, fearing, hoping in the Lord's unfailing love— If it's deeply rooted in us, somehow that should triumph over, conquer any fear and any anxiety. We are his treasured possession. We are the apple of his eye. Whatever tries to touch us touches the apple of his eye. He shields, cares, and guards for us as the apple of his eye. It's like you guys, back to Matthew, right? Look at the birds of the air. If this is how I feed them, are you not much more valuable than they? You guys, we are the apple of his eye, and his eyes are looking constantly to strengthen our hearts as we hope in him, as we fear him, as we honor him, as we trust him. And then finally, the last verse is Psalm 32:8, where he says, I counsel you with my loving eye on you. Somehow that last one especially is that this image is that my eyes are not just on you, but they are my loving eyes. My loving eyes are on the apple of my eye. And it's out of that depth of love, that depth of focus, that depth of intimacy that I am here, he says, to counsel you, to guide you, to lead you, to instruct you. Come to me and I will help you. I will assist you. See my loving eye on you. Know that my eyes are on you to strengthen your heart. Know that I shield you and guard you, care for you. Know that I will always, always, always keep you as the apple of my eye. Brothers and sisters, dear friends, honestly, (laughs) we can't hear it enough, mostly because We got to get this so deep into the very core of our soul that if we really, 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 really owned, knew, believed, trusted in how much we are loved and that his eyes are on us as the apple of his eye, oh, that we would be filled with hope, 
no fear, no anxiety, that we would expect strength, that we'd expect counsel, that we'd expect guarding and caring. Father, I pray that you'd help us, help us, help us, help us to really let this sink in. I pray especially, Lord, that you would use the video where these verses are said. You speak a number of times through these verses. Lord, whatever it takes, drive it deep into our hearts. Help us to memorize some of these verses, if not all of them, to put them in our journal, to put them in our gym, Lord, so that we can meditate on them and think about them and do them again and again and again until we are changed so that our faith muscle, our trust muscle, our hope muscle is so strong in your love for us that we would not go anywhere else but to you first, always, with full confidence and assurance that you care for us, that you'll shield and guard, strengthen, counsel. Oh God, help us in Jesus' name. I love you. God bless you. Have a great day.